this is kind of new to me though. So like, how? So um, how do you want me to? Do you, yeah. do you want to hear my question? Yeah, I just treat this as a conversation. And, okay. Uh, and as you guys are talking, like I'll be kind of marking in my own brain, like where the audio is at. Yeah. And so you. You talk and and, okay. and ask things as you see fit, as, okay. you, as you want to, to talk about things. Hi everyone, welcome to Where Water Flows Uphill. I'm Tim Coons. You just heard the voice of Dan England. He's preparing here for his first podcast interview. Dan is a writer and journalist who's been in our region for several years now, and he's gonna be leading today's story for us. Dan and I both sat down with Adam Jokers. Could you state your name for the podcast? Sure, Adam Jokers, J-O-K-E-R-S-T. Okay. Thank you so much for hanging out. And yeah, absolutely. This, yeah. Happy to do that. Adam is a water engineer. He worked for the city of Greeley until last year and now works as a water engineering consultant. This series, Where Water Flows Uphill, it's made possible by the Weld Community Foundation. For more, head to weldcommunityfoundation.org. We've been following an artist named Wes Bruce and have been talking about how our region is changing and growing. And on today's episode, which really, since we decided to do this series, I've wanted to feature this story. On today's episode is the future of water in our region. A big question of the growth in our area is how are we going to sustain this influx of people with the finite amount of water that we have? Our entire region is concerned about it. And when the regional leaders get together, they'll, they'll often joke with the officials that are there representing Greeley and some of our surrounding areas. And they say to us, uh, well, you guys are going to be fine. Why, might you ask? Well, it comes down to this really interesting creative move led by people in our city. This story is about the discovery of a possible way forward when things have been looking bleak. It deals with the discovery of a water supply underneath the Terry Bison Ranch, which you may have seen in the news quite a bit in 2021. I'll let Dan England lead the story of innovation from here. And special thanks to the NOCO Optimist for connecting Dan and I for this story. So just start talking and everything? Okay. Yeah. All right, right. Um, okay. <laughs> so, one of the reasons you discovered Terry Ranch is because of the somewhat, and maybe not somewhat, convoluted process of getting water projects approved. That's right. So, can you talk about the water project that you were looking at before Terry Ranch came along? Sure. Uh, that project was called the Milton Seaman Reservoir Enlargement Project, and mm -hmm. it was a proposal to enlarge one of Greeley's existing dams um, located in the foothills on uh, one of the tributaries to the Poudre River. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a large project um, proposed enlarging this dam about 10x. So it would go from storing about 5,000 acre feet, uh, an acre foot is um, 326,000 gallons roughly. Um, to over 50,000 acre feet. Okay. And it was, uh, it was an on-channel dam. And so when you dam a river, um, there are a myriad of effects. Mm -hmm. um, the stream channel is lost. Uh, the vegetation growing along the river, like wetlands, would be lost. Um, and in this location, there was also critical habitat for an endangered, threatened and endangered species. Mm -hmm. And because of these environmental impacts, um, we required a litany of permits from 
federal agencies, state agencies, and the county. And that set in motion a very long and expensive permitting process. Yeah, you were working on it for a long time. Like, how right. long? Uh, the permitting process started in 2006, but the planning effort goes, uh, honestly, all the way back into the 80s. <laughs> There's a story of W.D. Farr's son, Bill Farr, riding with his dad and driving by Milton Seaman and saying, that'll never get finished in my lifetime and maybe not in yours either. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these, these on-channel reservoirs in particular are very, very difficult to permit. Mm -hmm. um, and the permitting landscape changes as you go through the permitting process. Each new administration mm -hmm. has a different set of priorities and the rules of the road change. And so it's just a very long and expensive process. Greeley spent 15 years and $19 million going through the permitting process. Wow, um, okay. And, and as we progressed, it became more apparent that the outcome was uncertain or unlikely to get a permit. Even unlikely, not just uncertain. Unlikely. Can you talk about, there's a section in there that tells you to look for alternative right. methods, right? Right. That's part of the deal. So can you talk about that and then maybe how that led you to Terry Ranch? Right. Uh, so this requirement that we look for alternatives comes out of the National Environmental Policy Act, NEPA. Um, and it says, before the federal government can make any action, we have to look at alternatives. Um, and the federal agency can only award a permit to the least environmentally damaging practical alternative, or LEDPA. <laughs> and I like know, it. You know how we in government love our acronyms. Yeah. Um, so we had to look at other alternatives. And um, other alternatives were out there, and even though they were more expensive and would have had worse quality water, uh, it's possible that that's what the Corps of Engineers, the permitting agency, would have said, that's the permit you're, you're going to get, and forced us into a project that would have been very costly, not great water quality, not what we wanted to do. So when um, we say alternatives to, like, what was the point of the Milton expansion? It was to develop water supplies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Greeley has good water supplies, uh, but we do have a need for storage in particular. Just um, because of the future? Greeley's growing. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, we're expected to double in population in the next 50-ish years, mm -hmm. and um, that's a lot of additional um, people and, you know, okay. fixtures and lawns that all need water. So the government is saying to you, you need to find an alternative solution to provide water for a population that's going to double. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds uh, difficult. So A range of alternatives. Right. Multiple. A range of alternatives, not yeah. just one. Yeah. Right. So tell me how that led to Terry Ranch. Well, through the permitting process, we analyzed alternatives as they came up, and one that came on our list was Terry Ranch. Um, and so we... We evaluated it in depth, and this was an alternative that suddenly appeared to have legs. And so that's when we we paused the permitting process to really analyze Terry Ranch, and that set into motion the, per, the purchasing process and the diligence that we, we undertook. So what was Terry Ranch? Terry Ranch, um, I, I use that term generally, uh -huh. um, but uh, Terry Ranch itself is a, a, a working Bison Ranch mm -hmm. in Northwest Weld County, um, but underneath that ranch is a pocket of isolated ancient 
water that isn't connected to any stream or um, lake, and it is high-quality water that is available to withdraw. And in addition, the the ground the um, geologic formation that it is in allows you to pump water underground and store it. And so it's a storage project primarily, but also it comes it's it's an underground reservoir that comes full already. Um, and so what we were evaluating was the opportunity to buy those groundwater rights. Is that something that had ever been done before? It's actually really common. Okay. Um, so you, the, the term of art is aquifer storage and recovery. Okay. Um, and that's just the process of storing water underground. And it, it hasn't been done in northern Colorado before. Okay. But it is done in Denver, South Metro. Um, they've been doing it for over a decade. And then in Arizona, Southern California, uh, even in Florida, it's very common practice. It has, okay. has been done for decades. How did you discover it? We were approached by the seller uh -huh. of the Terry Ranch rights. Okay. And um, this owner, um, called Wingfoot Water Resources, invested a, a lot of their resources into doing a first set of diligence to prove out that, hey, this, this will actually work. Hmm. Um, and they began talking to us because we were looking at alternatives. At the same time, they were proving out their project. Okay. And so we were... Um, just by, I guess, happenstance, we're kind of front of the front of the line to evaluate this. Okay. What was appealing about it? Um, number one, it did not require a federal permit. Right. <laughs> number um, one, two, three, yeah. four. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we are able to build this uh, right away. In fact. Greeley has plans to lay the first section of pipe early next year. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, secondly, we can build this over time. Um, and compare that to a dam and reservoir project, that dam and reservoir has to be built all at once. Well, Terry Ranch, we can phase that out. We can build this pipeline slowly as over time as we can afford it. Uh, third, there's a lot of water up there. It was mm -hmm. decreed for 1.2 million acre feet. Um, compare that to Milton Seaman. Reservoir, 50,000 acre feet, or wow. our annual demand is about 25,000 acre feet, so it's a lot of water. Mm -hmm. So there are several things that are really appealing okay. about it. What concerns did you have about it? Uh, primarily water quality and right. cost. Right. Um, so we wanted to know what the, what was this water safe? Was it good tasting? Were there any contaminants? What are the risks of contamination in the future? So that was our, our number one focus. Secondly was, what is it going to cost to integrate this into the Greeley water system? Um, what does that do to our water rates? Did you think that the residents would um, be concerned about it or have some issues with it? Uh, you, we did. I mean, we, and, and we started um, our outreach before we even had information really to share. Um, <laughs> You know, we um, the, the way it played out is we we did some preliminary diligence in, uh, I, uh, in 2019, and we decided it was good enough to proceed towards trying to get a purchase contract. As soon as the uh, transaction you know was was public, we started public engagement. Okay, um, 
and that was before we collected any additional water quality data. So we were, we were advertising, hey, we bought this, here are our concerns, but we're going to go collect a lot more data. That's not typically how a public outreach campaign is, uh, is rolled out. It's not simultaneous with the data collection. But we wanted to be transparent about what, what's going on because water supply is a big deal for this community. Mm -hmm. um, water quality is a, is a major concern. We want it to be upfront. You talked about you're going in front of this public without all the information, but you wanted to get some of it out. Why did you want to do that? Um, transparency, mainly. We knew right. that this was a, a major project that the community was going to have interest in. Okay. Um, so we wanted to be okay. fully transparent about right. where the data gaps are and right. um, what okay. we're doing to fill them in. Okay. How do you think the public reacted? For the most part, very positively. Okay. Um, once we were able to explain what the project is, and it's a lot different than, you know, Greeley has always relied on surface water you know, that comes out of rivers for its water supply. Is surface water Milton, too? Yep, okay. and, and Boyd Lake. Um, we have several. More traditional methods of water. Right. Okay. So this is okay. groundwater. It's different. Um, right. You know, right. We knew that, you know, there would be a lot of questions. So, right. Um, and for the most part, once we were able to explain that, folks generally were very supportive. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a, a small but very vocal group who mm -hmm. was opposed to the project, mm -hmm. um, really throughout, before we even had the data collected, mm -hmm. um, who were opposed to it. And, and we did see a segment of the community who did not think this was the right path. Okay. That's, um, in terms of a project that's hasn't been done in the area before. How common is that to see some pushback from residents? You know, um, water is seems to have a lot of public focus. Um, mm -hmm. And whether or not it is a municipality that's trying to build a dam and facing opposition from environmental groups, right. or in this case, um, a underground project that folks are concerned about water quality, it seems like these projects are always in the public eye. And mm -hmm. I think folks who work in this field are just kind of used to that. What is it about water that gets people's goat up or however you want to put it? <laughs> you know, I think in um, in Colorado, it's just that there isn't much of it. Right, right, right. Um, and, you know, we, for example, here at Greeley Water, we provide a product that is piped into people's house and that they consume. Mm -hmm. um, that has to be safe. That 100% mm -hmm. of the time, that has to be safe, reliable, and then we ensure great tasting. Mm -hmm. and, and people are proud of the water here in Greeley, mm -hmm. as they should be. It's it has a you know 150 year history of of you know uh, foresight and, and innovation. They should be proud of it, and they don't want to see any changes to their mm -hmm. cost and their quality. Um, so people are sensitive, as mm -hmm. they should be. Yeah, there's a trophy on your uh, reception desk. I took a picture of it. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. yeah. Um, For the best tasting water in the nation? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. In closing up the interview with Adam, I asked him about Greeley's history with water, which was highlighted in episode three, the digging of ditch number three, the opening of a well and the big Thompson project, and he had great insights to share. I think some of the, the major accomplishments of Greeley uh, water history, one is 
to go 30 miles away back when it took you a day to get there <laughs> and lay 30 miles of that. Do you see that's all the pipe, that wood stave pipe? Mm. Um, no. Here's a section of it um, encased in concrete. Um, 30 miles of that stuff mm. by hand and mule to bring a reliable supply and a, and a high quality supply here. I mean, that's that's just unfathomable. And then second was the CBT project, which the Colorado Big Thompson project, which really grew out of Greeley, um, Greeley businessmen and the Chamber of Commerce um, to, you know, stand on the Continental Divide and say, we're going to take water from there and deliver it over there. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, the foresight. Mm-hmm. We're going to, you know, dig a tunnel under the Continental Divide through a national park. And to think you right. can even do it. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and Greeley being a big part of that and subscribing to 15,000 units initially to help the project along to get it across the finish line, that's a big deal. And then um, WD Farr's foresight of uh, we need to develop additional supplies. Let's take the, the irrigation water that formerly irrigated this growing city. We know we're going to grow, you know, towards the west. Let's take that water, keep it in Boyd Lake, treat it, and serve it to our residents and build that second treatment system, which has proven in, you know, invaluable, especially as we've been suffering from the impacts of the fire. Um, we've had pretty terrible water quality for about the past week. We haven't been able to take any of our water off the Poudre River. Mm. And so having that backup treatment plant has been critical. So. Mm-hmm. You know, those are some of the, the major accomplishments that have put us in this great situation where, unlike most of our neighbors, we're okay. You know, we, we can meet this growth. Um, we don't, we're not facing, you know, water shortages. We're going to be okay. In fact, we won't need Terry Ranch for quite a while, right? right. Like, what are we thinking? You know, um, our modeling and our, our modeling is going yeah. up, getting completely upgraded. But um, twenty forty hmm. ish. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a, the beautiful thing about this is we can just wait and see. Mm-hmm. We have all the rights locked up, um, and we we're going to be building the pipeline. But the population just explodes, and maybe there's a compact call on the Colorado River. Who knows? We can escalate it. We can bring that on. You know, with sooner. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it really doesn't grow as fast as we thought. Um, and maybe water conservation exceeds our expectations. We can just sit on it. Mm. So that was a lot. That was great. <laughs> that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, I mean, this is a, this is a large question. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you speak to this, but, like, do... Uh, Gosh, I don't know how to ask this, but like, do you feel like a great sense of accomplishment being a part of this team that has ensured a future in in our water that like it was a lot of the conversations was pretty bleak of like of like hey if we double like we're worried about water and then and then to come into Terry Ranch project it was like it was like we think we can handle it now for a good while. Um, how does that make you feel as just a human being, a part of a larger project that's a big deal? 
And I know that's a, I know that that's like I don't mean to be a stroking ego kind of thing, but like, I'm, how do you personally feel about like, like okay, like like that's awesome that I got to be in this place and like help these decisions. I've got to say, I've talked to a lot of journalists. They don't. Nobody's asked me. That's that all, question. I knew that. That's what you were thinking when you looked at me. Like, you would never ask that question. <laughs> it is a Tim Coons question. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> How do I, I think, feel personally? I think we all we all think about our legacy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And right. we all and we all want to do good by the world and the gifts that we have and we want to give back. Yeah. And we want to play the roles that we can. Yeah. I, I mean I am I am really proud. And I'm proud of the team that came together and the community because uh, my job as staff, as staff, is to develop the the um, data. Um, the information, solicit community input, um, write up the contract, tie it in a bow and give it to council and say, council, water board, what what do you think? What did we miss? What should we do differently? And then let them decide. Um, And we had a council that, and a board that, you know, asked our board in particular, you know, really watched this project um, and made sure that it was done right. The water board? The water board. Um, They asked for us to go get a third-party independent review of all of our information to make sure we were on the right track. Um, I'm proud of what they were able to do. Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, Greeley has had so much innovation over the years. I I just feel honored to be one, one part of that. You know, and, and we're going to continue to. Good. Good question, Tim. See, the, <laughs> we got some. Had good, to throw him off his We got some yeah, good. Yeah. We got some good stuff out of that. Friends, in our previous episode of Where Water Flows Uphill, artist Wes Bruce talked about creativity and how the first step of creativity is noticing what's important around you and making connections that hadn't been made before. And that episode leaned heavily into the arts. We talked about poetry and music and painting. But right here, we see an example of creativity with water and engineering and construction for this problem facing a region. With the Terry Bison Ranch Project, people were innovative and creative and thought outside the box. Uh, Well, they had to think outside of the dam and below the very ground where we walk on. I love this idea that the future of our region's growth will be thanks in part to great creativity and making connections where they weren't seen before. Isn't that innovation in water just echoing our celebrated past? In your own life, where are you paying attention during these days that go by so quickly? May you take a moment to slow down, observe what's around you. It may lead you to new surprising solutions, connections that you didn't see coming. Huge thanks today to Adam Jokerst and to Dan England for leading our story. Music on today's episode was by James Ryan. And thank you to Dave Farrell, a professor at Ames Community College for sound engineering on this series. The link is scheduled to open on May 13th our new library and innovation center just a few months away. We hope to see you at the party. Today's show is made possible by the Weld Community Foundation. Head to weld 
communityfoundation.org for more. Thanks again for listening to Where Water Flows Uphill. Rate us on iTunes. Share us with a friend.